When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, my old friend to me here, uh, Coach John Grayson, who's now DC at Montini. Uh, left Morton, who was in our conference. We were frenemies for two years, so now we can be friends again, not frenemies anymore. Welcome back, Coach. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, kicking my ass for two years. You can go now. You can be gone. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, it was uh, those were those were good games. Um, it's good that we can talk ball, talk ball again, and not let any of our secrets go. I, I don't have any secrets. I'm like, screw it. Yeah, I don't really either. I put out a whole thing uh, that several, well, I hope several people have bought, uh, giving away all the secrets. So, <laughs> um, if you okay. want to know what we're running, you just got to pay. Uh, throw deep publishing, and then you can see all the secrets. <laughs> I was going to say, now you're an author. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, my friends were actually making fun of me uh, this weekend at the uh, 4th of July celebration. They're like, yes, John, he's an author. I'm like, I wrote an article about cover three. It's not that uh, hard-hitting. <laughs> um, what team started doing? Yeah, I clicked on it. I was going to look at it. Yeah, they can pay and have everything. Yeah, there's uh, there's some good uh, teaser clips online. Um Working with Coach Kirby has been awesome. He's a good guy. Um, he deals with my ADD and my forgetting deadlines and all of that stuff and uh, still asks me back. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a great guy to work with. How does it feel to no longer be a teacher? It's been different. Um, I recently left uh, teaching to take a job as a liquor rep for – RNDC, Republic National Distribution Company. Um, it's different. It's uh, I, I'm in the car all day. Uh, I have 127 accounts, uh, the whole north side of Chicago. And it, it's I like the fact that I can just like go to the doctor 
like if I need to, you know, like um, just like, you know, get a text from the wife. Hey, we're out of laundry detergent. I can just stop and get laundry detergent. Um, It's it's different. I you know, I miss the interaction. I miss being in a building, a big community. Um, I'm basically solo. Like, you know, my bosses tell me it's it's kind of your own little business that you run. Um, so, you know, I have every CVS, Walgreens and corner store, um, on the North side of Chicago, uh, state streets, kind of our dividing line with my, uh, my counterpart on the South side. So it's, uh, it's definitely different. It's, it's, it's just freedom. Like you're Mm -hmm. outside, you're not in a classroom. You can, you know, go get a Gatorade if you want one, like you just, you know, it's just, I guess this is kind of how the other half lives, you know, that's not in teaching and not, you know, in a classroom or in a building or, you know, if I want to stop and get a hot dog, I can stop and get a hot dog. Like, you know, it's just, it's just a lot more freedom, but you know, in that sense, like I have to be very organized with my time because as a teacher, you know, first period is from whatever time, to, you know, an hour long and then second period comes and so all of that stuff is kind of done for you. Uh-huh. Um, so I have to be very organized with my time and, um, you know, a hundred and I think it's 127 last time I counted clients. Um, you know, you're getting a lot more phone calls. You know, I have a work phone now. I'm really fancy. Um, it's uh, yeah. So people are calling, Hey, my delivery didn't come in. And, and so you're dealing with problems, but just different problems. You know um, it's not, Hey, why did my kid get a C it's uh Hey, I ordered 20 cases of vodka and uh, they're a week late. I want to beat you up. And you're like, hey, let me call my boss and figure this out. So um, it's different, but it's it's been fun and, and allowed, you know, some some good flexibility. But no more summers off. So, mm. um, you know, Monday morning, I got to go to work. Well, that's why when you were like, first when you said my bo- something about your boss, like, hey, my boss, I can't do the podcast. I was thinking it was your wife for a second. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, because of the summer. And I was like, that's when I said, oh, wait a minute, you don't have summers off. I yeah, forgot. Uh, I took a day uh, the day after the 4th of July off. So we were supposed to do this on Thursday, I believe. Friday, Thursday, or, yeah, Thursday. Um, and he wanted to go through, you know, some of my clients. And I was like, I knew he was going to call me for a meeting. I'm like, I took a, I took a day and, um, you know, he wanted to make sure that I was going to be on track for the rest of the month because I'm still kind of new and, uh, took some time to enjoy the holiday because um, this is still kind of my week off. You know, there's no uh-huh. football this week. So, um, you know, a good day to kind of take good week to kind of take a day and, and have some fun with the old buddies. Uh, but, yeah, I knew he was going to call me for a meeting. But then I also have my other boss who uh-huh. you know, is my wife. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. You were like my boss. And I was like, oh, yeah, the wife. And then yeah, I was like, wait, he's not I a mean, teacher. She loves it too. Um, you know, the freedom and, and, you know, when you get into teaching, you know, they expect certain things from you and it's, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad or, or, or what, but, you know, um, you know, coaching a sport that you're not necessarily in love with just because you need a stipend um, to, to pay this or pay that, um, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. And, and I, I you know what, honestly, I, I coached, shoot, I coached just about everything. Uh-huh. Um you know, boys volleyball, wrestling for a year, girls track, boys track, uh, varsity basketball, girls basketball, besides football, um, and then freshman baseball, varsity base. I mean, I was all over the place, but 
um, you know, it takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. that's, you know, my wife is, is, is a lot happier because, you know, as she says, she's like, I don't lose you for 12 hours on a Saturday because you're, you know, going to a track meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that part I've definitely enjoyed, you know, obviously I'm going to coach football regardless of, you know, what my profession is, but you know, it's those other time consuming things that, you know, you kind of got to do to be a good soldier, you know, work a basketball game. It goes into overtime. Okay. Now I, I didn't get home till 11 o'clock, but I got, you know, 7 a.m. workouts the next morning. I got, you know, quick turnaround. I got to get up. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. So uh-huh. um, I think that stuff is good. And when you're a teacher, because, you know, you get to go watch your, you know, your wide receiver play small forward or your running back is a wrestler. So you're working a meet or working a game, you know, you get to root them on. Um, but uh, it's kind of expected when you're working in a school, especially if you're a new guy at a school, you know, some of the people that have been there for a while don't necessarily want to do that. Um, so you're expected to contribute and, and that's what I would say is just the time, you know, I don't have to invest as much time, um, into a building because I don't have a building I'm in my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like this summer, I've been at the high school 12 hours a day in June with basketball right. and football because mm-hmm. I coach both. And so right. I have to do both. Eventually I have to give up one that I do baseball at York. One of them okay. I have to give up eventually. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Once you you start getting, you know, getting into married and babies and all that stuff, uh, you know, it's um, you know, it's time to let some other young guy do that stuff. You know, give those jobs to Helton now. I think he's older than me. He seems like a young guy. It's just his enthusiasm. I think it's just the pure enthusiasm of Joe Helton. I think he just he 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 seems like he's twenty one. You know, just a young up and coming hungry coach. Um, but yeah, he's a Dean now. So he's, he's going to be at those things anyway. Well, that's what I'm like. They're going to let you coach two sports and be a Dean. He's like, yep. I said, okay. I don't know how you pulled that off. Yeah. Good luck. Busy man, but he's uh he's a good guy for the job. I love Joe. Well, I told him with the kids I work with, he'll see me all the time. Um, see me yeah, all the time. Joe is, Joe's another one that was a friend of me and is now, uh, now on your staff. So, he can he can give you more of my secrets. Well, I guess that I didn't know who he was. All the Addison people knew him because his dad used to be the superintendent, you know. So they all knew who he was, and so they were like, "Oh yeah, we're bringing Joe Helton." I was like, "I don't know who that is. I don't know who you're talking about." I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but God, yeah, I loved working with Joe. Um, I don't know if Joe liked working with me as much as I like working with Joe, but uh, he's a great coach. He'll he'll do well wherever he's at. Um, yeah, he'll be a great addition for you guys. If you hear that, it's my chocolate lab barking, but that's okay. That's all right, Di. I'm, uh, as I said, they're doing uh, some construction near my apartment, so I'm at my in-laws. And uh, she's having people over tonight, my mother-in-law. So cleaning and scrubbing and vacuuming and just you've never seen a cleaner house in your life. So I'm hiding in the basement, hoping she doesn't come and vacuum me. No, uh, I think Kelton told me one time, I was like, we were talking about something. He goes, I used to go up to John and like do the little rip move. And he'd be like, what, what are you doing? He was like, I just go up to him or do something. He kick step <laughs> or kick step. All, yeah. That's what it is. All the time. And like, it'd be in the middle of practice. Like the offense just, you know, scored on us or something. So I'm, you know, chewing on my pen, trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, something. And Joe would just come up to me and I'd be like, yeah, Joe, what do you got? You know? And he'd be like, this is what I got. And I just, <laughs> Joe, like, <laughs> 
that's why I say he's like the 21 year old kid. He's just young and enthusiastic and, and he just, but Joe had an ability to, you know, as I was, like I said, biting through my pen or, uh, you know, chewing on my whistle or whatever, just kind of bring a, a lightness to practice, you know, Hey, they hit a, you know, they hit a switch route on you or whatever it is. And we can figure this out. It's not the end of the world. You don't have to rip your practice plan up and throw a fit like a little child. So, um, Joe's a good guy to have to kind of bring some, uh, some, some, you know, lightness to your practice. Cause football can get sometimes a little, uh, I don't know, um, little, little too serious. I don't know. It's not that serious all the time. Well, cause he did that. And I think he was trying to get me to do that or something. He did. It, and I was like, Hey, that's not bad form. And I think he was trying to find the new guy <laughs> he could do it to because our, find him. our freshman He'll O-line coach wasn't there all of June. Uh-huh. And so I told Joe, like, you're going to have to take them. And so he's like, what do you want them to do? So I'm showing him, and that's when he did it. And I was like, hey, that's good for him. You should go show him. Uh, he'd, he'd do it to me all the time. Or he'd do the, the, you know, he'd do the bump your fist snail thing. Uh, what else did he do that drove me nuts? Uh, tell me to shut up when I was going on rants on the headphones, you know. Um, we actually switched Joe my second year at Morton. He was in the booth, and we switched him to the sideline. And it was one of the best things we did as a staff because that enthusiasm that I'm talking about just kind of radiated into the team and radiated, you know, into me too. You know, I mean, I said, I have a tendency to be a grump sometimes and and just watching him. I mean, if you watch our huddle film, just up and down the Uh sideline, jumping up and down and, and, you know, um, just kind of bringing an enthusiasm to the sideline that I think he was almost trapped in the booth. It was Uh like, we let him out. Um, and we moved our defensive uh, backs coach to the booth, who's a very just kind of stoic, chill, like, you know, hey, Cam, a uh, guy by the name of Cameron James, who, uh, you know, I took with me to Montini, um, who'll be a head coach someday. I'm just waiting for him to jump. I mean, he's he's a great coach, great guy. Um, but Cam is kind of more of the chill, just, you know, corner got beat on that play, just kind of gives you the information. And that's all he says, you know, mm-hmm. Um and so switching those two, um, I believe that was Coach O'Donnell's recommendation. Um, I got to give him credit because that, that was definitely not my idea. Um, it it, it kind of changed our whole sideline and the whole dynamic. It was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, Joe's going to be awesome at AT, and, and he'll, he'll be great with the kids as a dean. And, um, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's made for education and for, um, for that spot. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, he came to our seven on seven O line tournament when we went to Willowbrook, and I had to be the OC because the OC was gone for three weeks in Europe. So I got to be the OC all summer, and I said, "Hey, do you mind taking the lineman for the challenges?" And he was all about it. He was like, "Yeah." And then during breaks, he'd come over, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody yelling, and I turn around, and it's him jumping up and down, and I was yeah. like, "All right." Like, Joe's kind of like he always had a monster. Like he just always just just drank a monster. Like you know, there's no there's no come down from his monster he's just he it's like he just had another one like he just you know we have a meeting at seven o'clock joe's ready to go you know i'm walking in with the coffee like half asleep whatever joe's like hey i got an idea you know and it's like uh-huh. joe let me finish the coffee before we get an idea <laughs> so he was kind of the he was the uh you know the spark to my curmudgeonness well um, I-, I, always, I always say cam james the guy that uh was our db's coach i always say he, he's He's the yin to my yang because uh-huh. Cam is so like just chill 
and just, you know, just gets you the information that you need. And I'm, you know, I'm the one that's like, you know, we're never going to win a game again. We're never going to do this. We stink. We're this, we're that, you know, just kind of losing my mind on the headsets. And I know I've lost when Cam goes, all right, John, enough. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, if Cam turns on me, I got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> so I, if Cam turns on me, that means Joe had already turned on me 20 minutes ago. So, <laughs> well, I met him in the weight room. We talked and all of a sudden I think he saw me with an energy drink and that's how we talked. He was like, well, what energy drink? Like blah, blah. And I started telling him once to go drink next day. He comes in, Steve, I got one of those that you told me about. They're delicious. And that's how we start talking was just energy drinks. And then it just goes on from there. Joe actually asked me to stop drinking energy drinks. He's like, yeah, you don't need any. <laughs> um, I would actually like you to take a sedative before the games because I need you to calm down. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe is the enthusiasm guy. And and like I said, he's, he's, I, I said, I, we were talking earlier. I liked coaching with Joe. I don't know if he liked coaching with me as much as I liked coaching with him, but he's a talented guy and, and he runs a great wrestling program and, and he's going to do great at, uh, do great at AT. Well, we're going to try to anyway. That's all we can do. Cause now we got to switch everything up on the fly. But he's great. He's been great for our defense, even though he's freshman. We haven't done much with freshmen. He's been helping varsity. Yeah, I won't be surprised if we switch him. But like as of right now, that's what he's doing. His head's freshman. I won't be surprised if we switch him. But yeah, Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe is kind of yeah that that Swiss Army knife. You know, he did a lot of special teams for us at the end of about two games in last year. We decided to. I was real big on this because I had been a special teams coordinator. I don't really love the every coach gets their own special team thing. Um, as you know, every coach runs every special team differently and, you know, one guy, you know, will want to tackle on punt and this guy just wants to go through as a walkthrough and, and this guy calls him like the, you know, the air force and this guy, I'm like, just put it all under one blanket and, and one guy. And so Joe kind of became our, our special teams coordinator last year after, I think it was week two, um, after we played York, which Never want to talk about playing New York at Morton again. Um, shout out to Coach Fitz for putting it on us. Um, and Joe just kind of accepted the role and, and just ran with it. And, and and then it was his thing. And I said, you know, I'm like, listen, this is a young guy. Let's give him more stuff to do. Um, and he, he did it. And it was our special teams got better because he was, you know, it wasn't he was doing defense. I mean, he still coached outside linebackers for me, but um you know, he was the, the special teams coordinator. So that's uh-huh. once you kind of have that name that that next to your, you know, it's like, OK, if we stink at special teams, you can't blame one coach here or one coach there, or this coach there, or, you know, our kickoff stinks. We'll talk to this guy. And but it's, hey, you're the special teams coordinator. We got to get this fixed, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so um, or, hey, you're the special teams coordinator. Great job. Great call on that fake or whatever it is, you know. Um, so yeah, Joe just kind of took that and ran with it, but, uh, yeah, Joe's going to listen to this podcast and be like, I'm the best. I am awesome. I don't even know if he knows I have one yet. I don't know if he knows. <laughs> You'll have to send him this one. I keep that to myself. Cause I think the kids found it. So I'm like, oh shit, kids found it. <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe can send this out if he's ever looking for another job. This will be his resume. Yeah. Listen, to these two guys talk about how awesome I am. Oh, he's in the AT now. He won't leave. He won't oh, that's leave. true. That's true. He just got a new job, so he doesn't need a resume. People yeah, that right his house. Yeah, people that that get into AT in those type of positions, they don't leave. Yeah, that's, uh, they move on up. He's uh, 
Yeah, as my guy Hawk Harrelson used to say, he's in the catbird seat. He's he's living large right now. Well, until he starts figuring out what deans do over there, then he's like, oh, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> well, Joe did. Uh, he was like a substitute dean too. He was, uh, I think, he was getting his master when he was at Morton, and he was a substitute dean. My room was kind of like tucked off the beaten path a little bit. Um, and he just on his lunch break, he'd just come sit and just be like, John, I don't even want to talk to you. Can I just sit? <laughs> like, yeah, Joe, take a couple minutes, man. You're good. I'm going to be watching huddle here or doing something there. He's like, I just need to sit down and just, I just need like 10 minutes. And then he'd get up. Uh, All right, back to work. <laughs> all right, Joe, I'll see you. <laughs> I'll see him all the time. I'll walk in there all the time. I'm sure. But yeah, he does. He's got a great temperament for, for being a dean and, and doing all that stuff. Um, how's it feel going back to Montini? Cause you were there before. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's different. It's um, you know, obviously it's no secret. Montini's had two, uh, three and six seasons. Um, so that's not certainly the, the norm in, in Lombard there, you know, um, it's been a while since Montini's been in a state championship game. It's uh, it's 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 almost like it's kind of hitting the reset button, and and I think that's okay. You know, um, Coach A was, I mean, the guy won six state championships, and and um, you know did things the Coach A way, and and um, I think there was kind of a hangover for a little while of the Coach A way, and um, now we're kind of just you know rebuilding it, and and. Um, you know, we have a really, it's a talented group. Um, but Montini, you know, being very honest, Montini benefited from being in a conference with, um, no brother rices and no Mount Carmel's and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the last couple of years I was there, the first, I'll never forget my first year at Montini was our first year in the Catholic league 2014. And we went down to St. Rita and, you know, on the way down there, we thought, Hey, we're Montini. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to, it doesn't matter who we play. We're Montini. We're, you know, we'll go down to St. Rita and play. And St. Rita had a lot of other ideas on that game. They beat the tar out of us uh, and sent us back to Lombard, almost like they were offended a suburban team was coming down to the South side <laughs> uh, and, and showed us very clearly that uh, we were not in fact ready for the Catholic league yet. Um, and then in 2015, they came to us and, and we got them pretty good. Um, but honestly, we needed that. It's almost like, you know, when we, when we joined the Catholic league, we needed that punch in the face from Rita to wake us up, you know? Right. Um, and in 2015, we beat them 2016, we beat Mount Carmel. Um, you know, I, I think in 2018, I believe Montini won the, uh, the blue, which is, you know, the, the pride of the Catholic league. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was like without that wake up call, without that punch in the face from Rita in 2014, I don't know that we would have, you know, been able to do. I wasn't there in 2018, but um, I don't know that they would have had the success that they did. And it was almost like, you know, hey, we needed a we needed a quick wake up call. And uh, you know, Montini hasn't made the playoffs in two years, but um, it's 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 fun kind of rebuilding and and being the the team that everybody, you know. I, I told the kids the other day, I said, guys, the IHSA has been waiting about 20, 25 years for this to happen. I said, so no one feels bad for you. Uh-huh. I said, you've been, uh, you know, Montini's won six state championships. I think they've been in nine. Um, 
I said, no one feels bad for you. I said, you haven't made the playoffs in two years after making it for 20 something straight years and, and being in nine state championship games, you know, I said, so it just, it's just putting the work in and kind of getting back to that Montini way that, that way of doing things. And, um, you know, coach boo, I think it's coach, coach Bukowski is now the head coach. Uh, he took over in 2017. They were the runner up in 2018 to Joliet Catholic. Um, I think he has 17 state championship rings. This is the coolest part about coach boo. So he was the head wrestling coach. I think they won 10 state championships. Then he was the DC for the football team. They won six as with him as the DC. Uh And then he has a daughter who now, who just became the head softball coach, ironically enough. Um, (laughs) But he, uh, she played softball. So he took over the softball program and won two state championships there in girls softball. So he went from <laughs> wrestling and football, this testosterone, just manly two sports, and took over a girls softball program and won two state championships there. Like the guy didn't forget how to coach. You know, right. he knows what he's doing. Um, it's it's you know the school is behind you know the rebuild and and getting us back on track. So uh, it's been fun. It's been terrifying. You know, um, being the 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 DC at Montini Catholic is um, it's it's nerve wracking. Um, you know, like I we were talking about our schedule earlier. Um, you know, no no disrespect to the league that we used to be in, or I used to be in. You're still there, but you know, seeing Naz and Providence and Brother Rice and St. Mm-hmm. Lawrence and and all those schools, Bennett and Viator, and seeing all those schools on the schedule, it's it's you know, I better be ready to go. <laughs> so it's, it's the Catholic league. So, you know, if you're not ready to go, you're going to get run over. Um, so it's, it's been exciting. It's been nerve wracking. It's been all of the above. A lot of emotions. I was going to say, it's gonna be like a college for you. Like every single week, you're going to have to be like college yeah. game plan in there. Yeah. There's no cupcakes on our schedule at all. Um, it's, uh, it's, like I said, but that's, you know, that's kind of what I've always aspired to, um, aspired to get to, I guess, as a, as a coach, you know, um, I don't know necessarily that I want to be a head coach. It seems like a lot of work, <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of headaches, a lot of, you know, talking to this guy about paying this bill about uniforms and, uh, this little Timmy is going to, you know, Florence for a month and whatever. And, I don't know that necessarily that I want to do that, but I mean, being the DC at Montini is a pretty cool job. So, um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But like you said, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, rolling through the sec. Um, you know, you gotta be ready week in and week out. And, and if you're not, you know, you can get picked off real quick and, you know, you play some of those juggernauts. It's like, all right, let's, let's, let's play brother rice in week, week eight and see, yeah. see if we can, see if we can slug it out with, uh, you know, one of the premier Catholic league schools. So, um, but Montini, you know, I, that's the thing about Montini. I feel like they've always risen to risen to the occasion. Uh, like I said, Rita cracked us in 14 and then 15, we got them pretty good. So, you know, Montini has been down a little bit lately and, and I think we have a lot of good, solid, hardworking blue collar kids that are, are going to kind of rise to this, this occasion and 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 get Montini back to where Montini uh, has been. 
um, what's the transition for those kids being like coming? Because you run a three three five, like everybody yeah. else in the freaking world now, especially our conference. Everybody freaking runs that defense. Um, it's a pain. That's why everybody runs it. <laughs> well, the Upstate Eight really doesn't. Like one, a couple did when I was at Lombard East. Couple did, or they would just mm-hmm. switch to it. Then I get to Addison, and it's like. Our first game in the COVID year was Glombard West. Very first game of that COVID year was Glombard West. Yep. I am very proud of this, though. We had the ball in them for 11 straight minutes that year for that game, that very first game. 11-minute drive. Didn't score, but we had the ball for 11 minutes. Hey, sometimes that is a score. You take the air out of the ball for 11 minutes and, and a team like Glombard West who, yeah, I got the uh, I got their playbook. I mean, I've, I've kind of made it my own, but – it was like like the you know the coaching tree of of Chad Hetlett. You know he's the big three three stack guy, and uh, I worked for Jeremy Cordell, who's now in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked for him at Lombard South, which is where I was um, you know introduced to the three three stack. And um, you know one of the great things he did, and I did it with Cam James when we were at Morton, is I was his outside linebackers coach on the varsity, but I was a sophomore defensive coordinator. And at first, um, I'm like, hey, I'm not getting any more money for this. Like, I don't want to do like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more responsibility, man. And he was like, you know, you're a 24 year old coach. You're not going to make a million dollars, but this will help you learn how to call a defense and how to, you know, make it your own. And um, without that experience, I don't know that I would have, you know, gotten to be a coordinator and, and climbed kind of climb the ladder. So um, I took it from him. He worked it out with, uh, you know, with Chad when they were together at Glenbard West. Um, Tim Racky when I was at Naz, he was one of the early, early adopters of the 3-3 stack. Um, so working with him and, and Jeff Tumpain, the defensive coordinator over there, um, I learned a lot, you know, about the 3-3 stack. And, um, you know, now they're, they're frenemies. You know, I uh-huh. texted them, like, hey, guys, take it easy on us on week three. Um, but uh, – you know, I certainly learned a ton from them too. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a transition. Montini traditionally has been a four, three cover two. Um, we ran a little, uh, a little bit of four, four cover three in 2015. And that was more of a personnel thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we, we said our 11th best player was a fourth linebacker and not a fourth DB. Um, and that ended up working out because, the fourth linebacker that we had at that time ended up playing at Grand Valley State. Um, he made a play in the uh, state championship game against Crete. Um, I think he guessed. He says he read it. Um, but he, <laughs> I mean, the kid, it, Nick Foster's his name. He, they ran a little bubble and he was to the boundary. He was an overhang and he hit this kid like a freight train. And that kind of set the tone for the whole game. Um Again, him and I have had that. <laughs> I'm like, you guessed. You didn't know that. Play was. I'm like, no one reads it that fast. He's like, coach. He's like, I had it. I was, I had it down. I go, you know what? You're going to go to the grave saying that. But uh, um, that was a personnel thing. Um, but yeah, Montini's traditionally been a forefront. And, uh, you know, that's, but that's what I like about the 3 3 stack is, you know, you're bringing, bringing linebackers and blitzing. And it essentially, if you bring one linebacker, it essentially becomes a four, four cover three. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a little transition, but um, 
you know, it's the kids are the kids don't like being the Montini team that hasn't made the playoffs or, you know, so they kind of have an edge about them and are, um, you know, really hungry to learn. And guys are asking questions and uh, sending me messages on Twitter, you know, um, and we've just installed our base stuff so far. So um, there's a hunger there and, and the kids really want to, you know, kind of, you know, you don't ro- enroll in my, at Montini to play football to not make the playoffs you know right. so um and they in in this catholic league world they have buddies that play at nas and they have buddies that play at ic and they have buddies that play all over the place and you know ic still winning state championships nas still winning state championships and all of their buddies are looking over going hey what are you guys doing over there in lombard you know um mm-hmm. and so there's a hunger and and the kids are on it and and it's been uh it's been great to kind of um you know, get back there and, and, you know, um, work with coach boo coach boo has been the defensive coordinator. I think as long as I've been alive. Um, so kind of he's, he's, he's been very open to kind of, um, I don't want to say modernizing, but you know, I guess modernizing is, is, Uh I don't know, um, the defense and changing things and, um, for a guy that has how many state championship rings, you know, not, uh, more than more than can fit on two hands. When you start getting into the toes, you know, he doesn't really have any reason to change. You know, he can just sit there and go, um, do you see that giant box of rings? Right. You do. What, you do what I say. But he's been very open. And a lot of the technological stuff that, you know, I brought over Google Classroom and uh, using slides for your playbook and, and stuff like that. Um he's been very open to because, you know, very honestly, he's sick of hearing it too, you know? Um, but as he said, and I said, and we've all repeated, no one feels bad for us. Uh-huh. Not one, not one team in the IHSA is going, Oh, I wish Montini was better. Like Montini has been great for 20 something years. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to try and get it back on track, but, uh, the transition has been great to answer your question. Um, it's the kids are hungry and they want to, you know, kind of want to get back to, to where where Martini's been. Well, there's a comfort factor for you, too, though, for going back to where you were. So it's just like, I'm here. I've been here before. I know what's what, right. what's expected. Right. There's been a lot of changeover in the coaching staff, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's you know, working with Boo, and, and, and I, I don't know that I've ever met someone. Um, Boo has a singular focus, and that's winning. And, mm-hmm. and he will – will you know fight a grizzly bear if it means getting a win you know and and you know he said in our first staff meeting he goes john's worked with me before and i said can i pause you right there boo (laughs) i said that means i know what it is to work with mike bukowski a guy like i said he will fight a grizzly bear if Uh it means we're going to get a week one win or you know um whatever it is i said and it's just I learned so much from him the first time I was there. And, and to be very honest, I, you know, we didn't leave on great terms when I, I left to do my student teaching, uh, in 2016. Um, I was down in summit, I believe was the town I was student. So that's nowhere near Montini. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of worked out that I was student teaching, but we weren't necessarily on the greatest terms. Uh, I thought I knew a lot more about, coaching than I did Mm -hmm. and I thought I was a lot more involved in our two two out of three years there we went to the state championship um I thought I was I had a lot more to do with it than I did um (laughs) (laughs) 
So as a young, arrogant coach, obviously you're going to butt heads with the, you know, multiple sport hall of fame coach. And um, I actually wrote him a letter after my first year as the DC at Morton and just said, Hey, I was kind of a jerk. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, it's, it's funny. I was, we were just talking about Joe Helton and uh, I was jumping on Joe for something. um, And I kind of just had this moment where I was like, Whoa, Joe's now the young guy that you're jumping on and boo used to be, you know, used to be the young guy that boo was jumping on. Uh Um, And it just kind of came full circle for me. And and it was just a very humbling moment. And I wrote him a letter and I said, Hey, I don't know if this is ever going to work out again. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to work together again, but I just want you to know, you know, I really appreciate everything you did for me in my career. And uh, you know, I get it now, you know, you kind of get it when you're, you know, you're on the other side of it. Uh-huh. It's like you know, they talk about being a parent and, you know, it's like you won't understand till till you're, you know, your mom or your dad. And it's like, oh, gosh, like, yeah, they were right. You know, so um, working with Boo and, and working for Boo is is I, I learned so much from him the first time around. And, and it took me into my the rest of my career. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a comfortability being back with him and, and being back with a guy that, like I said, will scratch claw, do whatever he's got to do to get a win. And, and, um, I'm enjoying it. Definitely enjoying it. Well, maybe I have a chance against Morton now that you're gone. Maybe I have an opportunity to, I don't know that I had a lot to do with it. Um, that was a, you know, they, this, that was a talented group of kids, you know, obviously we didn't make the playoffs. Um, but you know, that was a good group of Morton kids that, that, you know, kind of wanted to end the streak to uh, the streak at Morton. You know, they haven't made the playoffs since uh, Reagan was in that White House, but uh, <laughs> they worked real hard. We came up short in a couple games, but uh, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a talented group of kids. I was just trying not to screw it up, I guess. Um, the one where we were kind of rooting for Morton, and I don't care if it's on record, was the Willowbrook game. <laughs> we had it on YouTube, and I was like, God bless it. Because people at Addison were kind of tired of hearing about Willowbrook. And you guys yeah. were winning, I think. And then, like, I don't know, a fumble happened here or this happened here. That's oh. another one I, I would like back. They called – I, I watched the film. I was livid on the sideline. And Willowbrook's a great program. Oh, and yeah. We were, we were, we were you know, trying to outkick our coverage and get a win against those guys. And um, they were going lonesome polecat. And I think <laughs> We covered that up pretty well. Um, I mean, they still ripped off some big ones against us, but there was a touchdown that they called that I, on my deathbed, I'll say we made the stop, and that ref's arms went up quick. Mm-hmm. And it was it was week nine. It was Willowbrook who was going to the playoffs against Morton who wasn't. It was cold. It was rainy. It was, you know, and, and officials have a tough job. I'm not, you know this just particular call is one I dis- disagreed with, but I think we made the stop. If we would have made that stop, I think the game would have been very different, but he threw his arms up real quick and I was not very happy. Um, but you know, Hey, I guess officials make mistakes too. And I'm, I'm putting that one down as a mistake because I think we made the stop there. <laughs> oh yeah. We, I remember that they were like, hey, it's on YouTube. I think Morton's winning. So we turned it on and then stuff started to happen. I was like, oh, I think I'm the jinx as soon as I turned it. Because we moved our game up because of the rain, I think. So we were yeah. done before you guys even started. 
Because I think it was their senior night. I believe so. Yeah, or it was. Um, yeah, it was like cold. It was just a just a crummy game, and like, you know, obviously, and then, you know, it, it Morton's not going to the playoffs. Willowbrook's trying to get in. It's like you know, let's get this game over with. Get Willowbrook to the playoffs. Get Morton home. You know, so that was we gave them everything we had, and Willowbrook's a great program, and and I don't know that you know we make that stop and the official rules the kid down that you know we don't fumble or you know. I, you know, Willowbrook's got a good defense, so I don't know how the next drive would have gone, but I would have liked the chance to see it. And I'm sure somebody will send me film of it after hearing this podcast going, no, 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 coach, he was in. But from where I was standing and what I've seen, I don't think he was in. But, um, yeah, that was <laughs> – that we gave him everything we had. And we had uh, our one of our linebackers had to take over a running back and uh, had about 20 carries in that game. And I th- – think honestly that's the game this kid uh is playing running back at st x next or this coming season mm. uh it's xavier and i honestly think that may be the game that with that film um got him into play running back in college because he he took the rock and and he's a tough little sawed off i'd give kj about five six five seven maybe um but he was pounding a rock and he was like give me the ball he came over and he goes coach I got to play running back this week. I said, we'll find something for, you know, defense. We'll figure it out, buddy. I said, you just go uh-huh. take the rock and you run the ball. And, um, yeah, again, we gave them all that we had. And again, I don't know that if we got that stop, you know, we win the game or something. I'm not saying that cost us, but it didn't help. But Morton always has athletes too. That's when I got to Addison, I realized that because the first year, the COVID year, it was a shootout with us. We won on the very like twenty seconds left in the game. Oh, Morton people are still mad about that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Joe was saying. He was like, uh, he was because uh, the quarterback for that game, uh, his brother's a junior now playing for us. So he came to the seven on seven, and I went up to Joe and I was like, Joe, there's the quarterback. And he goes, What do you mean? I was like, That's the quarterback that threw the touchdown, and he was like. Come here. He told me, he's like, come here. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he goes, we we game plan to keep you in the pocket, and all of a sudden you're doing this, 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 and this, and then boom, throw this touchdown. He goes, how dare you? <laughs> I mean, we talked. I loved that kid. That kid was like a Brett Favre gunslinger. I mean, just an absolute baller. I loved that kid. But I got hired right after that game at Morton. Like mm-hmm. maybe because it was the COVID year. Yeah. So it was maybe two weeks after the game. And I mean, the Morton people, like I said, you walk into the coach's office right now and go, hey, COVID AT game, somebody's throwing something. <laughs> um, not, they were furious. And it was, I watched the film. It was a hell of a game to watch. I mean, because we were down by like two scores. I think that's what we were down by two scores. Then we scored after halftime, and then something happened. We score again, and then it was after that, it was just boom, boom, boom. And then every time the refs had to talk, it was a five-minute conference. So Joe mm-hmm. was telling us that. He was like – he looked at our head coach. who He knows Bazan. He's like, Bazan, because of you, they kept having to have a conversation about the refs. And he goes, I didn't he, say he's anything. He's still mad. <laughs> he works at 18 now, and he's still mad. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, but you got to admit those refs weren't the best. And he goes, I know, but anytime you guys complain, they wanted to have a conference. And I was like, don't you blame right. us? We didn't do that. <laughs> don't you look at us? Oh, that, and then, yeah, I got I got hired about two weeks after that game, and it was just fire and brimstone, man. Still, like I said, Joe works at 18 now, and he's still mad. 
Well, then we had a young coach started to yell, maybe at your guys' head coach. They just kept yelling at each other. They were starting to walk towards the field to each other, and we had to grab them. Like, shut the up. Like, quit oh, yelling at the coaches. That's not a guy – Bob Organ is not a guy I would want to yell at. I did yell at Bob Organ a couple of times, and I am – I'm I'm one about uh, – after the 4th of July, probably about 280. And, and Bob Organ played at Michigan State. He had a cup of coffee with Belichick and the Browns back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a mountain of a human being. And we got into it a couple of times on the sideline, just two gorillas bumping chests. And I'm looking at this guy going – I'm a big dude. I'm I, like I said, I'm 281, and I, I he, he's gonna crush me. Like <laughs> Bob goes about six four. I mean, he's that's not a guy I would want to tumble with. And there was a couple times where I'm like, John, if you don't shut up, this man's gonna <laughs> bonk you on the head, and you are going to be knocked out cold. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. I think we were like, hey, you can yell, just don't yell at the coaches. They're not doing any like, right. It, like and uh, don't pick that coach. Joe, yeah. yell at Joe. Joe's a much nicer guy. Well, I think I said Bob that. And, I think I said that. I was like, you see the big guy you're yelling at? Why don't you pick on that guy over there? It wasn't Joe. It was somebody else. I have no idea who it was. I was like, that guy's smaller. Yell at him. There was a couple times where you know I was getting on. But I remember we were playing Downer South, and Downer South that year was I think it was 2014. A lot of hold, lot of holding from them. I mean, obviously, I'm a defensive coach, so I think they hold more than they do. But <laughs> I'm like, coach, you got. I'm like, you're the biggest guy in the whole stadium. You got to get on those guys. Get on those officials. We need uh-huh. some calls. And he looks at me. And he goes, "Hey, shut up!" And I was like, "Oh, it's like kind of when like when your dad uses your full name or something." Like uh-huh. I was just like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna check on some kids." Uh, <laughs> I just wherever you're at, I'm not going to be around because I think I overstepped. But I will say, and Bob, I don't know, <laughs> Bob was so mad at me that he started yelling at the officials, and we got a holding call. <laughs> now, on the same play, we got a sack, which still breaks my heart to this day because we finally get the holding call. Guy throws the flag, and our defensive end beats the tackle, and we get a sack. And I'm like, we couldn't have done this on back-to-back plays instead of. <laughs> on the same play. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, there was a couple times where I got under Bob's skin a little bit and he just kind of looked at me with those eyes and that mountain of a man body. And I'm like, Oh boy, I've overstepped. But one thing I will say, it's great about Bob, you know, what happens on the field stays on the field. You know, we went to his house every week after the game, win, lose, draw, and he'd have a cold beer waiting for me. Um, he'd kind of look at me and go, you know, Hey, you were a jag tonight and, and I want to punch you in the brain, but you know what? I appreciate all your efforts. And, and, you know, we, we'd laugh about it after. And I think there was only one time we didn't talk until Monday, but I went into his office. That one was my fault. I went into his office and I was like, Hey, hand up on that one. That was me. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And he's like, thank you for apologizing. We're good now. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, if I was a coach on the AT staff, that's not the guy I would pick to yell at. He is a – that's a big dude. Well, because then we all start – because he starts yelling. If they start yelling, then we want to yell back. And then I'm like, look what you started. Like, we don't want to <laughs> – like, we could be competitive and all this other stuff. But, like, why are we yelling back and forth? And I told Joe that. And Joe was like, yeah, you guys were yelling stuff. And I'm like, we weren't yelling at you. It was this guy <laughs> yelling at us like it wasn't us. But that's, you know, that's the young coach mentality. You just don't know until you know. And then – 
you know, you're, you're, then you're the old coach and some young guys yelling at you and you're like, Oh buddy, you're going to learn one day, you know? Well, the only thing Joe was mad about is because the clock operator was screwing up and mm -hmm. the refs were not the best. So when Morton scored, we got the ball with like a minute or less than a minute. There was a couple of times that clock would roll when it was supposed to stop and we're freaking out. So our right. D line coach who played in college, he played at Concordia is following the ref. He's just following him, making sure, like, stop the clock. Tell him to stop the clock. And he's, like, keeping track of the time because those refs yeah. were just not. And that's what Joe got mad about. He goes, you guys were telling him about the clock. And we're like, no, 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 no. Don't start that. No, 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 no. That's, I don't know. I, like I said, whoever does this. And, and the game was at Morton, correct? Yeah, it was at Morton. The, the, the clock. There's been times with the clock that we're like, we're not getting any home cooking on our own. <laughs> like, who is running the clock up there? Like. We're turning around going, we just lost four seconds. You're supposed to be like, I always say that, like when we go, like when I was at Montini and we would go, you know, I'm back there now, but when we go to a South side school, brother rice, St. Lurita, you know, wherever I'm like, guys, if you think we're getting any help from anybody <laughs> down there, I'm like, we're from the suburbs. Yeah. I'm like, these are tried and true Catholic league. I'm like, we're not getting one second. We're nope. not getting one call. I'm like, they're mad that we're even down there. <laughs> well, I, I like when they play each other, though. Yeah. You know, I went to uh, Brother Rice Maris last year um, just to watch, just to be a fan. And that's honestly, that's one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Just go to a high school football game uh -huh. and watch the other coaches. And like you don't get a lot of chances to do it when you're coaching. But just watch and just um, our, our – um, Running backs coach Brian Manfrey, uh, his son goes to Brother Rice. They live on the south side, and uh, well, um, and he does the uh, the film. Um, and he got us, you know, really cool sideline passes. I, it, getting a sideline pass at Brother Rice Marist, uh -huh. you feel like you're an absolute celebrity. <laughs> like, uh, <clears throat> and then I know Steve Nye, who coaches at Brother Rice. He he had the you know the big assist on on getting us the passes, but. Uh, like you, like you walk in and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is hard to do down here. But uh -huh. I like when they go against each other. Cause then nobody's getting any help because they're both South side schools. Right. And they're both. Um, but yeah, that, that at Morton a couple of times I'm looking up going, wait, aren't we at home? Why is, why are so many seconds clicking, you know, ticking right now? Like we're supposed to get a little home cooking here. Like, no. Okay. We'll just keep playing. Well, that's when we had our old headsets and they wouldn't work at Morton. It would start that's to, it would pick up the uh, fast food behind there. We heard that from a couple of schools, and that was, listen, that was not a Morton thing. We were not advanced enough to do something to screw with your headsets, but it was just where the, the stadium was on Harlem there. And, oh, yeah. A um, lot of traffic, and it would happen to us, too. You know, yeah. you'd get, you know, give me a biggie bag and a uh, large Diet Coke. <laughs> kind of call in our playbook, but, yeah, I would like one of those, too, if you could run one over to – Oh yeah. Harlem. Well, then we got new headsets, and so we came to you guys this year. We had new headsets, and they worked the whole time. We were in shock. We were like, "Oh, it's working." Yeah, that's. It's just. It's like right where the the stadium is, right on Harlem, and you got the. You know, there's a couple of places across the street, but yeah, no, we weren't advanced enough to have some sinister plan to screw with your headsets. No, I guess we're I just, just, it's just trying to get our guys lined up. It was always a thing, though. At said, that. "I was like, every time we go to Morton, something happens with the headset." So it's been a thing for years. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> just because of how it's located, 
Sure, yeah. And they would say that, like, oh, you can hear Raising Cain's order on the thing. And you're like, oh, bring that over. Like, just come on over. Yeah, hey, uh, if you're if you're just delivering, uh, we'll take it over on the sideline. Uh, we're the guys. <laughs> we got the white jerseys on. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, I love that stadium, though. That I love was one it. Of, I love it. It's right on Harlem. It, I don't know when it was built, but it's like the big brick. Like, I say for my money – that's the nicest weight room in the state of Illinois. I know Niles West has like a legit like health club in their school. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there once for a track meet, so they might beat us or them. I don't work there anymore, but um, that they gutted that whole thing. Josh McMahon is the assistant superintendent and got together with Bob Oregon. And um, they've had three ADs in the time that I was there. So I can't necessarily identify the AD that got that all done, but um what a cool place. It's like a big warehouse and um, there's sleds and, and everything, but that stadium is awesome. Um, and it's cool. I mean, Morton hasn't had the success of, of some of the schools, you know, but it's, it's a co-op. So yeah. you get all the parents from Morton East, you get all the parents from Morton West and they get together and they pack that place. And it is, it is a cool deal. Um, I think we only played one game there. I think we were playing Leiden. There was like four rain delays. Um, so there was like a hundred people in the stands and it, <laughs> when it's empty, it's not as cool. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I'm calling a defense and the guy from Leiden's going, I think they're blitzing. <laughs> like, Oh, there's nobody here. Huh? You can hear me. Right. <laughs> well, I love it. We went there in that COVID year and I was like, the travel there sucks. But once you got there, I was like, I love this field. I love the, the home stands. I love how it's located. And yeah, then right on Harlem, you get a truck that drives past or, you know, whatever. The light uh, show thing they do when you guys like at halftime or this yeah. touchdown. I like that. I don't know how they got those. I don't remember the story exactly, but it was like, a, um, it had something to do with the New York giants, I think. And someone knows someone. And, um, that was like a test. Like they mm. installed them because they didn't want to install them, obviously for an NFL. And I, I might be butchering this story. Uh, they didn't want to install them for an NFL team before they had all the kinks uh, worked out. And so what happened was Morton, somebody knew somebody, which I found out at Morton, like legitimately everyone is connected to someone. Everyone has an uncle that's on the board <laughs> or everybody has a sister that was, you know, the president of the United States or something. It's a very, uh, connected school, but, uh, yeah, they were like, Hey, come install them at Morton, work out all the kinks. We'll get brand new lights and you can, you know, do whatever you want with them. So yeah, the light show was really cool for, for our introduction. Um, that was something that was like, a, you know, I don't know how they worked it out, but it was really, really a cool thing to, to see and got the kids really pumped up. Yeah. RAD was in the end zone at halftime. When we were all figuring out, and I looked at it, I was so mad. I was like, I have to go talk to somebody about something else. So I walked over, and I was like, when are you going to get us those lights? Kind of angrily. <laughs> I was like, when are you going to get us those lights? And he was like, uh, Steve. And I was like, I'm just mad. I'm mad. I need to talk about something else. There's general anger. I'm just yelling <laughs> things. I don't know. Like, sorry. I just needed to yell at someone. He's like, I can look into it. And I was like, no, never mind. And I walked away. I was like... <laughs> I don't even want him. I'm just angry, just yelling about something. I know. I literally would do that. I was, just, I was so mad. And I was like, oh, well, 
because I was hoping we'd have another shootout, even though it was stressful from the COVID. I was like, please let this be the time where we have like something, and it just didn't do that. And I'm like, ah, okay, well. I hate shootouts. We had one with Proviso East my first year there. I literally walked across and told their quarterback to transfer. I was like, I, I, I was like, I mean this with all due respect, but I, I honestly hope I never see you again. I was like, <laughs> I, and we won. We scored sixty three points. Like we, I, we, we were in control the entire game. But this kid, they went empty. This kid would get the ball, and it would be like you know the Looney Tune, and he would just run around. And I mean, what a special athlete! And I was like, dude, I, and I don't, I don't mean to say their offense is like Looney Tunes, but him running around was like Bugs Bunny. Like, I'm like, dude, please transfer to another school. I never mm-hmm. want to see you again. This was the longest game of my life. I was so exhausted, and I those shootouts like give me a ten to six all day long as a defensive <laughs> coach. I'm like, I oh god, I hated that game. Uh, yeah, shootouts are obviously you're an offensive guy. You love a shootout, I do. but not for me. Love it. We got to play both provisos back to back this year. That's the only thing. So there's, I think there's a push now. Um, and I don't know if it's, if it's, I just, this is what I heard through the rumor mill to make them a co-op. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like that's been talked about. They're trying to figure it out. And if it happens, watch that's out. Trouble. That's trouble because every team that I've coached on, I mean, it legitimately every winning team from, from, you know, I was at NAS, I was at Montini, three or four starters should have gone to one of the provisos. And if I, I, I interviewed at Proviso East in 2018, and I said in my interview, I said, if every kid that was supposed to go to Proviso, Mm-hmm. went to a proviso you guys would win a state championship every year mm-hmm. so if they can make that into a co-op and get their youth program to stay you know get get a hold on that youth program cameron james my db's coach played quarterback at proviso east um and he talks about it all the time and i agree with him completely um that look out man because mm-hmm. that is going to be that's <laughs> and again just like no one feels bad for montini no, uh, proviso is not going to feel bad for anybody when they're when they're running it up because they got guys everywhere now staying home and being part of that co-op. That's going to be that's yeah. going to be wild. When we heard that, we were like, "Can we petition to put them on the other side?" Then, <laughs> yeah, if they're going to be a co-op. They got to go over to Silver. Yeah, we're they, not fighting with them. Like, can they just go over there? And they were like, well, "You know, they're just going to stay." We'll add a team to the to the gold side. We'll find somebody to add. Why doesn't the co-op take Proviso West side over on the silver and they can play Hinsdale Central and Glenbard West and Lions and they can, that that side can deal with the co-op. We'll find somebody to take their place. <laughs> well, Glenbard Glenbard East wants to come over. Okay, that would be a great team for for the for the. Uh, I always get them. It's funny. The more prominent side is the silver, yes. and the gold is the team. You know, the side with you know, a couple teams that are still still trying to get to the playoffs and do that kind of thing. But, yeah, Glenbard East would be a perfect side for the gold. Well, I, I came in and stirred the pot. I'm like, you know what? What if what if AT went to the Upstate 8? Like, that would be perfect, you know, except we'd have to travel to all the Elgin schools, and that would suck. Sure. But they were like, nope, 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 tradition. Well, then Walters texted me, and he said, hey, what if we just switch spots? You take our spot, we take your spot. And yeah. – 
Bates over there, their athletic director, said, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, if I were to text right. them right now, they would do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We won't we won't budge. We're like, nope, we're going to stay right here. And then, but Glomardi still wants to come over. They tried to play us week two, and I was like, no. He texted me. He's like, you guys want to play week two next year? Because they're changing their conference up. They're, um, West Aurora's coming back. And um, who else is coming? Uh, Ridge Ridgewood's going. RB's going. I think maybe Elmwood Park's going. That makes a lot of sense geographically. I mean, getting from Ridgewood to to one of the Elgin or Aurora schools is awful. Um, well, they're going to the Upstate Eight. Oh, they are. Okay, All, those four um, schools are going to the Upstate Eight. Okay. Um, Elmwood Park. I live in Elmwood Park. They just hired a new coach. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's, um, that's that. I mean, the conference changing is crazy to me, but look, what look, look what it can do. Talk much, John. Um, like at Glenbard East, you know, they were in the, the DVC for how long and you know, they're, they weren't a DVC team. No, but they were in that area and, they just kind of kept it and, and you know, we're everybody's homecoming game. And then all of a sudden they switch conferences and they're making the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, that was the DVC, you know, with when Wheaton Warrenville and, and Naperville central and all these teams are just hammering people. And, you know, Glenbard East is, is, you know, taking it on the chin, but now they, they change conferences and look what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that stuff is always very interesting to me. I, I get into it with the college guy, you know, the college changing. And, you know, I can't wait for that UCLA Rutgers game at nine o'clock on a, <laughs> you know, on a Saturday morning. Like, I don't know. It's it, that, all that stuff is very interesting to me. And it's, it's very interesting to me also like, you know, the ebbs and flows of teams, you know, like look at Lombard West, you know, they were always very talented. Um, but would miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, but send a kid to Stanford, send a kid uh-huh. here. Chad gets hired. Now they're, you know, in 2015, they were nationally ranked. And, you know, they're, it's it's the ebbs and flows of teams is always just very interesting to me. And I'm in one of those, I don't know if it's an ebb or a flow at Montini, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, Montini was, you know, everybody's, you know, and nobody wanted to play Montini and, you know, they were the juggernaut and this, that, and the other, and, you know, had some of the best high school football players I've ever seen. I mean, Jordan Westerkamp, Niall Sykes, any Borsalino, um, just pick one of them. I think they were all, all state, the ones that played at Montini. So, um, you know, all those guys now Montini's in a, again, I don't know if it's an ebb or a flow, but, um, <laughs> You know, it's it's just always interesting to see the the changing of the guard. And you know, when I was at NAS, Coach Racky would talk about you know we beat we forty pointed Joliet Catholic the year I was there, and he said he goes I I remember you know I I just wanted to get our kids out of the the, the Joliet Catholic game safe. Mm-hmm. He goes it's so big and so bad and so nasty, you know, and and we just wanted to get out of there without any injuries. We didn't even care what the score was. Just get us out of here. And he goes, we just 40 pointed Joliet Catholic. And he, he just said, he goes, I, he sat in his office after the game and he was just like, I, I can't believe that just happened. Mm-hmm. Like I remember 10 years ago, like I said, just no injuries, mm-hmm. getting our kids out without getting their heads torn off of their bodies. Um, because Joliet Catholic was here and Nazareth was here. And mm-hmm. now, you know, at that point it was actually, 
I say it's like that, but Julia Catholic won the five A state championship that year, beat Montini. Um, but um, uh, Naz that year we won the seven A state championship. So um, it's just I don't know. It's always been fascinating to me, kind of the ebbs and flows, coaching changes. You know, a district changes boundaries, and you get kids from this town or whatever it is. You know, it's always been fascinating to me. Yeah, well, now because the upstate eight was playing each other every single week because they have 10 teams. Well, now they're adding this, they have to go find one or two non-cons now. Right. So now they don't have that. I don't know how they're going to structure it. It might be by enrollment. It's either going to be by location or enrollment. And so like. Location should be a big factor because sometimes some of these games, it's like getting out to, you know, for a sophomore game, getting from, you know, Ridgewood to wherever at 530 is like, holy cow. Well, like. The D-line coach for us that I was talking about following the ref, he's now at West Chicago. He's their D.C. For okay. them, it makes sense. He wants to do enrollment because then they can compete because they're in a situation where they're trying to build it up. He goes, if sure. we do location, we're going to have to go play Glombard East and South Elgin and this, this, and that. He goes, if we do my enrollment, Glombard South would be like the the one that's going to beat them. And right. But they could play Streamwood. They could play whoever and right. have an, an opportunity. Then you got Coach Walters at East. He goes, they better do by location because – you know, I'm not traveling all over the place. Right, Lombard to West Chicago for a 5:30 sophomore game or a, a four o'clock freshman baseball game. Mm-hmm. Like, forget it. Like, you're dead. There's an. It's you gotta you gotta get the kids out of class early. It's it's like you gotta get on a plane. I remember when I was in high school, we were in the. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the conference. Um, Suburban Prairie Conference, and we're playing Sycamore and DeKalb and. Oh. And leaving from Glen Ellen to get to DeKalb, like it's 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 an overnight trip for a freshman baseball game. Like oh. this should be, you know, I I always feel like you can figure out enrollment and location and make an advantageous conference for everybody. You know. Yeah, they don't know. And then West Aurora coming back. Well, I feel bad for East Aurora. That's the one mm. I feel bad for because. If it's by location, maybe, but if they go by enrollment, they're going to be the biggest enrollment. So they're still going to have to play Bartlett's and South Elgin. And I, see, I feel so bad for Ku Coach and them because I'm like, they got to go play West Chicago and Ridgewood and all that. But to travel from East Aurora to Ridgewood or Riverside. Yeah, you got to take a plane. Oh. It's, 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 yeah, I, I get it. But like we were just talking about that UCLA Rutgers game. Like there's no, one of the things that I hated about, playing in that suburban prairie conferences there's no like geographical rivalries no. you know I'm not gonna bump into a kid from decal but yorktown mall you know what i mean like, <laughs> back when back when we went to the mall back in the day you know to hang out like yeah we'd see like lombard east kids and we'd be like oh hey like do you know so and so like there was no it, it's fun to play kids from the areas that you live in and and you know, you, you're, you grew up with a kid and, and, you know, like when, when Morton plays RB every year, week one, there's so much crossover. Right. Um, just because the two towns are so close to each other, but you know, that's fun to me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's bragging rights. That's, you know, you see your cousin who goes to this school at Christmas and you know, Hey, we beat the tar out of you whatever. Like that makes it fun. That makes it competitive. But like Ridgewood East Aurora, mm-hmm. I don't know. like I'm, I, nothing wrong with either program but there's no like i said there's no you're not gonna bump into a kid at, at you know harlem and irving plaza from east aurora right it's not gonna happen, you know 
well, that's kind of, we get frustrated because where Swift Road is, that whole side of Addison goes to Glombard East. Right. And so that's why he wanted to play because then some Addison kids would be playing Glombard East kids and they're like, they know each other because they grew up by Swift right. Road. But they'd also probably, Glombard East is in a way different position than we were. He had 60 some kids on his varsity team last year. Right. Right. They're, and, and, and that's, they're on, they're on the, you know, the come up there. The Glombard East is, is a tough out now. And it's, you know, when you start winning games, it's amazing how many kids stick around, you know, mm-hmm. when they were in the DVC, I'm sure they had 35, 40 kids, you know, on their varsity team, because it's like, dude, do I want to go through four days of practice to get my head kicked in by Naperville central? No. <laughs> or have to travel all the way out to Nequa. Right. Go play Nequa and get 60 pointed. Like, no. <laughs> um, so when you start, you know, winning games, kids stick around and, and it's amazing how much better your program is. Well, coach, I kept you out of here for a while. This was great talk for Illinois people. If they know, they know. Right. That is, we stayed pretty Illinois centric, but uh, if you just want to look at our handsome faces for people from out of town, you know, you got a solid hour of that. I may have to tell Joe that I have a podcast. That may have to happen. That's all right. I talked very highly of him. I he I owe him a couple, so I talked him up on this podcast. Hopefully, he'll 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 love me. He's gonna kick slide me every day. I already know he's gonna find me in the hallway and just bam. You can't you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. <laughs> well, coach, I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Good luck at Montini. Yep. I will. Uh, we'll be rooting for AT, and uh, good luck to you guys this year. Yep, thank you so much. All right, Coach. We'll-